0: It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Beach. And today I am joined by some very special guests. All the way from Bethany Elementary School in Clover, South Carolina, we are joined by Margaret Guerin and Laura Falls. Welcome ladies, I'm so excited to have you all on our podcast. So before we jump into the conversation, I'm gonna pause and allow you to introduce yourself to our audience, tell them a little bit about what you do and your roles, and then we'll jump in.
1: Absolutely, we are so excited to be here. Um, I am Margaret Guerin, I'm the principal here at Bethany Elementary School in Clover School District.
2: And I'm Laura Falls, I have uh, several different hats but I am the technology coach or innovation coach for our school. So I help um, all the teachers and staff um, integrate technology into their lessons and come up with new ways to um, present content to the students. And I also teach a third through fifth grade GT pullout program. So I do that on a daily basis. Awesome. Well, we're super excited to have
0: you. And to kick off our conversation, I want you to tell me a little bit about your journey um, towards personalizing learning for students.
1: OK, so it started about five years ago. Um, I got word that there was a group from Clover that was going to participate in. Um, I, I forget what it was called at the time, but like a launch cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, So myself and a couple other teachers, including Ms. Falls, we went and participated um, just to find out more about what is personalized learning. And um, those teachers came back and were able to share and model things within their classrooms um, and kind of work through the process. And then COVID hit. And so as we all know, that took a turn for everything. Um, And we did not forget about our journey with personalized learning, but it kind of got put on the back burner for a minute. Um, And so once things settled down last year, we decided to jump back in. um, And I met with um, our personalized learning coach, Kristen and Nadine, and we kind of talked through what would be best next steps for us here at Bethany. We decided that doing the Framework Foundations course through Canvas um, through the Office of Personalized Learning would be our best bet. And so our entire certified staff worked through that Canvas course together last year. Um, We've also done lots of other things along the way, like visits to some of the inquiry labs. We have done some different book studies um, as they relate to personalized learning. And so that journey has kind of brought us to where we are today.
0: Well, one thing that we try to allow educators to realize across the state is that personalized learning isn't just one more thing on an educator's plate, but it really is, in essence, what good teaching and learning looks like, especially in today's times. So, how did
1: you get this message across
0: to the educators that you all work with?
1: So, I think one of the things for us, um, like I said before, was sending small groups. Um, And so we did some. I guess, personalized professional development, if you want to call it, um, where we allowed teachers to observe other teachers within our building to see great things going on. We sent um, small groups to the personalized learning cohorts, the inquiry labs, the book studies, like I said before. Um, And that really allowed those that were eager and hungry to know more about it, um, to jump on board, and then um, come back and share with their colleagues. And, And that really just helped us to get get the understanding, I guess, out there that yes, like you say, it's not just one more thing. Um it's actually something that they were already doing a lot of in their classrooms that they did not realize they were doing in their classrooms. Um, as a district, you know, there was a, a buzz, I guess would be the best word um, with personalized learning. And so we wanted to be on the forefront of what was going on um, within our district. And really try to make things personal and relevant for our teachers and for our students.
2: Yeah, and I think once the teachers realized that most of the things that they were seeing, we were already doing, they realized it wasn't just one more thing. We just had a new framework to really make that learning relevant and just to be intentional with what they were doing with students.
1: We created a support system, if you will, within our school to to show our teachers that we were available to support them on this journey. Um, And and that really helped along the way.
0: Okay, so I wanna backtrack to two things that you said. The first thing that I would love to hear more about is tell me a little bit about how you structured your teachers visiting other teachers. And then also I would love to hear more about the support system. How was that set up um, with your teachers as well?
1: So two years ago um, in the fall, we did, like I said, personalized PD for our teachers. And um, actually, I think it was three years ago. And so that was an option for them. So several teachers chose to just even within our school building to go and visit other teachers and see them teaching. So we would set up coverage for them or they would go during their planning time. Um, And it wasn't just going to see the great things going on within our building. They were also asking questions. They were reflecting on things. They were bringing things back for their own classrooms and their practices. And and how could they benefit from seeing all of the great things going on just within our building? Um, And so that's really how we structured um, and supported and followed up with them about what did you see? What did you Um, bring back with you? What questions do you have for that teacher? If we needed to facilitate any follow-up as far as time to sit down and talk, we facilitated that as well.
0: Okay. And also what other supports did you set up for teachers so that they knew, hey, it's okay for me to try this, or it's okay for me to explore this without feeling a, you know, a repercussion if something goes wrong? How did you go about setting up that support system for teachers?
1: I think part of that begins with relationships um, and that trust factor here within the staff members at our school, knowing that we, if they come to us with an idea or a thought of something they would like to try, um, our ultimate goal is what is best for students. And so if it is best for students and you want to give something a try, we want to support that along the way um, and see, does this great new idea work within your classroom? It may, it may not. But just setting up that support system to be able to um, be a bit of a risk taker.
2: And we also um, had several planning days where it was extended planning time and we invited our district level um, instructional staff, our math and science, ELA, social studies early childhood um, specialists to come and help just to bounce ideas off of each other. And they've seen what's happening at other schools. So I think having that system also helped knowing that somebody from the district level was here and supporting them, not just within our school. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. Thank you all for sharing that. We know how important support is, especially when we think about from the student level, um, students need support and then teachers who are implementing these practices need support too. So I think that's awesome. Now, let's go back to the Framework Foundation series. So you spoke about how you all had a strategic planning meeting with your Office of Personalized Learning Coaches, and you set out to utilize the Framework Foundation series school-wide. Why did you decide on this particular resource? And how did you go about using that school-wide with teachers?
1: Absolutely. So because we had taken a bit of a pause Um, on our personalized learning journey, we felt like everyone kind of needed to be on the same playing field. And so those that had had a little bit more exposure, maybe had participated in a cohort group or gone to an inquiry lab school. um, It had been, you know, two plus years since all of that had taken place. And so we felt like kind of bringing everyone back together. And for those It would be more of a review and for others, it may be a little bit more of new, newer information. Um, And so we set it up to the week before students came back when we have time just with staff to kick it off, do our first module together, work through module one, kind of go through the logistics of what that's going to look like. So we spent the good portion of a morning, couple hours going through that together, um, showing them you know, how to work through it in Canvas, what they take back to their classroom, how they work on things together. And then we had a plan to kind of release um, a lot of that over to our teachers for them to work together on different modules. And basically we would just each month do a check-in at a faculty meeting. Um, But we quickly learned that they really enjoyed working together as a large group That gave an opportunity to bounce ideas off of each other, to reflect, to really hear each other out, not just within their grade level or their group, but with the whole certified staff. And so we revamped. um, And so that last fall, we kind of revamped and we looked at times each month where we could come together and work through the modules together. And so that's what we did. um, And we worked through all of the modules by Christmas time. And then when we came back from Christmas time, we had um, kind of a celebratory. We finished through this course. Um, we had one small piece. There was a competency piece that was added in in the middle of our course, so we came back to that later. But we finished the bulk of it in January and celebrated. Um, and then, you know, like Miss Falls mentioned earlier, we had some planning time in December, and then we had a chance in January. It ended up being virtual because of. COVID cases at the time, but um, each grade level or each team had a chance to share their pathway that they had created for students um, out with everybody and grade levels would choose two different ones to reflect upon and to go through, ask questions to all before they were implemented with students. Um, And so that was another support piece that we kind of added in there along the times.
0: That's really cool. Another follow-up question I have for you. um, With the frequency in which teachers were gathering to um, grapple with the Framework Foundation series, what what was that frequency like?
1: The structured time was once a month. Um, We typically do our meetings on Tuesday afternoons. And so the structured time happened each Tuesday um, once a month. And that was their designated time. Now, certainly there were conversations and things going on behind the scenes between each monthly meeting, but that monthly meeting gave us dedicated time. Um, We didn't have announcements or other things going on. That Tuesday afternoon was solely for working through that module.
2: And I can speak to how my group, um, how we chose to work through the module. Um, We would meet um, initially just to, preview the module. Um, there are lots of great resources with, built in with it, the module, um, from videos to articles to read to websites to visit. So there's a, a, a lot of great types of media. And then we would kind of go our separate ways and get what we needed from the different resources and then come back together to do our portfolio entry um, and our reflection so that gave us a chance to kind of explore on our own and then come back and reflect together and share. Because there, like I said, there's a ton of media, a ton of resources per module. Um, and it's all, all great stuff, but we each need our own types of, we prefer different things. So that gave us a chance to come back and reflect. Awesome, awesome. So what do you feel
0: um, were the outcomes that came out of your school's endeavoring into the Framework Foundation series, what successes were you all able to celebrate once you completed the modules or even as you were going through uh, the modules?
1: Well, first and foremost, I mean, just like I mentioned before with our staff, our number one always with our students is that relationship building. So I think it took that beginning of the year relationship building to a new level um, with our teachers, not just learning about their students and their likes and their dislikes, but also learning about them as a learner um, and how they would approach the school year, knowing that a particular student likes to learn a particular way. Um, So that really just building on that. Last year at our school, we also implemented a house system similar to Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta. Um, And so that tied beautifully in with that relationship building piece and the community piece for our students, Um, just meeting them where they are. A lot of our teachers are now giving a lot of voice and choice with students, using a lot of different resources within the classrooms. And again, just free to take risks. You know, if there's something they're wanting to try within their classroom, knowing that we support them and we, um,
2: we are on board with whatever support we can give to help along that journey. Yeah. And just walking around the building um, this school year, you can see a difference in the classrooms because of the personalized learning work that we've done. Anything from the classroom setups being different, giving options for flexibility for seating, to giving that choice um, as to how they learn and gain the content and just the, the flexibility and to try new things and the freedom to try new things. COVID changed a lot for a lot of people and we all had to teach differently. So I think that, you know, opened our minds as well. And another piece there also just you know, thinking about
1: students and thinking about how they learn best and their, their learner profiles, also looking at that data that we have on students, that academic piece and, and what is best. Um, you know, teachers have really been digging into that in regards to developing some pathways and some choice boards and things like that because they know exactly where each learner has needs and where each learner um, needs to grow. And so, and where they're already successful and they can, you know, just kind of skim past that portion because their whole class is is on board. So, um, really digging in with that data from different aspects and doing a lot of goal setting with our students. Um, And that ties back in, of course, with that relationship piece as well.
0: Well, it really seems like you all were very intentional about empowering your teachers in the building so that they can continue to empower students. That's, that's what I'm hearing in what you're sharing. As teachers were learning and growing in these um, different practices and taking the practices that maybe they were already implementing to the next level, what did feedback look like as they were learning? And how did time Factor into all of this because, as we know in education, there's never enough time <laughs> for anything. So, how did feedback and time play a role in your teachers' learning
1: journeys? Absolutely one of the one of the big pieces um, of feedback that we received was last fall was the fact that teachers really didn't want to; they did not want to take on trying to schedule within their team or their grade level, a time to sit down and work through the modules. They preferred if we carved out a certain amount of time, we said this Tuesday is specifically for this. They knew that there weren't distractions during that time. There weren't, you know, the nurse wasn't calling your classroom to send a student up or students weren't absent, those types of things. So it really gave them a very intentional time to work on those pieces. That was a big feedback. And that was a easy fix for us just to say, okay, we can switch and do things more all together. And there may be pieces that you do on your own or as a team, but we can certainly switch and do those things um, all together to work collaboratively. And then as far as time, um, you know, like Ms. Falls mentioned earlier, we did do some collaborative planning time. We have plans to do that again this year to set aside that time for teachers we all know that if we say, oh, we'll put it on our to-do list, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, it just keeps getting pushed down because other things come up. And so we want to be intentional with that and make sure to provide the time um, for our teachers to be able to come together and have that support during that time as well.
0: So um, in addition to that being a next step, what other next steps do you all plan to take in order to continue your teachers learning and growing? And will all the teachers have the same expectation as far as growth or evidence of their learning? What will that look like in the future?
1: We certainly want to continue to support all teachers um we are currently doing a book study with one of our instructional spec- specialists here within the district um and then you know certainly if anyone wants to further their learning in addition to that we are going to support that along the way um, we are participating in february as an inquiry lab host school um, and so we're excited about that journey and working with staff to to support that day and kind of what that day is going to look like. We hope to be able to provide some information and some observation for those that are starting in on their journey to see kind of what it looks like. Um, It is a very much a process that does not happen overnight. Um, It does take time. It takes a lot of support. And it takes just knowing that small steps really, truly are big steps in the end.
0: Absolutely. And to kind of wrap things up, I have a final question for both of you. What advice do you have for leaders who are endeavoring upon this work um, in growing student-centered practices in their school and empowering teachers in their context?
1: Um, I'll start off here and then I'll, Miss Falls will probably jump in as well. But um, like we said before, just having a culture that is going to encourage that risk-taking, knowing that, It's okay if you try something in your classroom and it doesn't work out, um, that we support you. And by we, I mean administration, the district, our innovation coach, all of those that are in that support role are supporting you along that journey and helping however we can. Um, So I I think that's a big one, just knowing that it's a safe place to be able to take some of those risks and try things out with students. And some may be really successful and some may not. And that's okay. And again, that support piece from not only here at our school, but we've got fantastic individuals here within our district that are willing to step in and help. Um, And they have done a lot of work as well with OPL to know what's going on and ways that they can step in and support our teachers.
2: Yeah. And within our district, we have started um, a push for learning cycles that teachers do when they're thinking about a lesson or a unit going through all of the parts. What are the needs of the students? What um, the actual lesson, but a, a big part comes at the end with the reflection. And if something doesn't go well, we need to be able to support our teachers and figure out ways not to just wash the whole thing away, but how can we change it? Um, You put in all that work. What needs to be changed for next time? Um, So not only providing the risk-taking, but the support to take the next step to push a little further. And also any time that can be given for collaborative planning, not just on grade level, but below and above, it really helped for our third-grade teachers to meet with second-grade teachers and third grade teachers to meet with fourth grade teachers to see what the what's expected below and above the grade level so any time that can be cut out for that type of planning
1: and our teachers are truly amazing i mean they have really jumped on board they have put the work in they have um seen Not only their successes in the classroom, but their colleagues' successes. And they've had real true conversations, just honest conversations about like, hey, we tried this and it didn't work. And here's why it didn't work. Or, hey, we tried this. Maybe your grade level can try this. And those types of conversations, I think, have helped all of us to grow Um, along this pathway but they have they have been the heroes here and really put the work in and put the effort in because ultimately it is what is best for our students um, and giving our students those experiences so they've done a phenomenal job with that we we plan to continue to to support them in that journey and support them with with time and planning time and support from us and from the district um, as we move forward.
0: Well, I really appreciate this time spent with you all and for sharing all of your expertise and your journey. Um, because like you said before, this none of this happens overnight everyone's still on their journey with learning and growing and trying new things. And it's all for the benefit of students. So I'm super excited um, that we were able to get you on the podcast. And for our listeners, I will reiterate our inquiry labs are back. So um, we are definitely looking forward to visiting Bethany Elementary and being able to see some of these practices in person. If you're interested in that, please visit our website, to register today. And before we close out, uh, if there's anyone who uh, would like to follow your story or your journey a little bit further or get in touch with you, what is the best way to get in contact with you?
1: So we have a Bethany Elementary School Facebook page Um, We post a lot of our information there, not only for our parents, but also for our community. We have a Bethany Elementary Twitter. I'm going to be honest, we're not very good with it. We're trying really hard to make it better. Um, But you can follow us there as well at Bethany LM. But those are probably great ways to get in touch. Certainly reach out to one of us here at school um, via email or phone, and we can try to help the best we can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. We'll be right back to close things out.
0: Have you heard the good news? The Office of Personalized Learning is back with inquiry labs and design workshops. If you're interested in seeing personalized competency-based practices in real time and looking for opportunities to network and get support on your own learning journey, these in-person events are perfect for you. Visit personalizesc.ed.sc.gov today to register for an inquiry lab or a design workshop near you. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizesc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!